Hello, and welcome to American Riviera Bank's Regional Pulse. This is Michelle Martinich, Chief Financial Officer at the bank. Today, my guest is Joe Campanelli of Campanelli and Associates Corporation. Joe's been a member of the Santa Barbara Contractors Association since 1974. He received the California Energy Commission's Flex Your Power Award from Governor Schwarzenegger and was awarded the Builder of the Year Member's Choice Award for Best Santa Barbara Contractor in 2008. He's a founding member of the Santa Barbara Green Building Alliance and helped create the Built Green Checklist for homeowners and the city as part of the Santa Barbara Contractors Association. And Joe and I have had the great privilege of working together with his involvement here at the bank. Not only is Joe one of our founders and member of the board here at American Riviera Bank, but he was also the contractor for our main branch here at 1033 Anacapa and also down in Montecito. Welcome, Joe. Nice to be here, Michelle. So maybe, Joe, you could start with sharing with us some of your thoughts on some of the larger environmental issues. Well, um, it's interesting because everywhere you look now, there's more and more articles about not just the environment and, of course, climate change and the impacts of that. But the articles aren't just about the original 60s concept of environment, which was the, um, the three R's, reduce, reuse and recycle. And it also included water and climate. One of the most important aspects of that is water. Because if you think about history, people fight wars over water. They don't necessarily fight a war because their light bulb didn't go on. All these things are relevant to the way we live today. And the ESGs that you're talking about is now the big buzzword because Washington has said, you know, we've got to take a stronger step here. Climate change is knocking on our door. Well, actually, climate change has been beating our door down since the 50s. And in the 60s, it was launched um, with the environmental impact uh, laws that were put in place about clean air, water, and waste. And then in 1969, the oil spill in Santa Barbara kicked off an outrage over what we weren't doing and that we had to be more aggressive and take responsibility for our our environment. And out of that also spawned Earth Day. That's all Santa Barbara based. Just going back to what's important here, as a bank, I mean, our industry isn't going to change global um, impacts. It's not going to change climate change. It's not going to fix it all. But The reason that ESGs are important is that our industry can say, well, don't we have some responsibility? We're a community bank. So our different, all our businesses, our homes, our families, they're all connected to this. So what things can we do as a corporation? Right. So a lot of my thought process is we can't go back to horse and buggy. Well, my daughter, who's a horse lover, would would like to do that. But the reality is we're not going to go back to horse and buggy. We have cars. We have planes. Um, maybe we're going to use more electric cars rather than gas, but that's just a different resource we're going to use. We're still going to have all the in- equipment that goes into making those vehicles and how do we dispose of them. And I think about all the technology back in 1969, you know, the oil spill, that was a very different world than we live in today. And what what are we doing when we're done with that phone, that old phone? Where is that going and how are we disposing of that? And what's the impact? So we can't undo those things. Uh, We're unlikely to go back to a telegraph and a horse and buggy. So how do we go forward in a way that's responsible? 
Oh, I read this article just a few days ago in the Wall Street Journal that talked about the next big concern in California isn't an earthquake. It's a torrential storm of massive amounts of rain that will start in Hawaii and move its way across and create tremendous havoc for us. What can I do? Well, you know, if you think about it, it is bigger than you an individual. It's bigger than just our bank. It's bigger than all the corporations in America. So how can I, as one person in Santa Barbara, do anything? Well, just by having these conversations, by saying, looking around and, and not beating yourself up because you're not a purist and you haven't done everything right and you're back to the land and you're in that horse and buggy, you start assessing what are the little things you can do. Because we all make a difference in little ways. Those differences add up to big ways and big changes. I mean, if COVID cleared the water in Venice in a matter of a year, that was a global collective action and reaction. So you've got to think about it that way. And then don't beat yourself up about it. You just do the best you can. I mean, we all have busy lives. There is no perfect roadmap to this. But, but taking responsibility, thinking about it, rather than giving it lip service. This country's been giving it lip service and the world's been giving it lip service for the last 80 years. And, and I mean, this is no different than what I heard in high school. But now it's, at, it's knocking on our door. Now we're feeling what you said about these, the rains coming. Well, rains and fires are the worst combination you can have. Think of the Montecito mudslide. Right. You know, the ground got heated up and uh, water wouldn't saturate and it, and it rolled off the top and it took everything with it and moved boulders as big as Volkswagens down the Coast Village Road. So that's frightening. But one thing about human nature is that when we do wake up and focus on things and we are all pointed in the same direction, big things happen. So I think it's incremental steps. Let's talk about water a little bit. You started I'm in the beginning. So glad you yep, brought you that up. Water starts war. I've talked about water is the disaster that researchers are saying we need to be cautious of here in California more than earthquakes. So water. Let's talk about water. I think that's really important. Back when we started the green building process in Santa Barbara, we were trying to get our construction industry basically a bunch of, of Good old boys that just said, why would we change the way we do business? And the answer was, well, do you want to wait till the government tells you and starts running your business? Or do you want to be proactive and say, let's, let's embrace what we do in the impacts? And guys like Bill Hayward that had Hayward Lumber changed the lumber industry. And now he's doing things about how to, he has a project called uh, Healthy Homes, where you can assess for hardly any cost at all if your house is healthy. And one of the things in, as part of that is water, water quality, water health. Um, but the big thing about water is, we've heard for many years, is that the planet's overdrafted on water. And you think about, well, if it's overdrafted on we're using more than we have. That's what that means. You know, the Colorado River, the Colorado River is cutting off states now incrementally of their proportions of water. So what that means is, it is a finite resource. I just think it's time that that conversation gets kicked to top of mind and we take the smart people in the room and say, hey, what are the things we can do and what are the things can me, little homeowner, do? Yeah, so what's interesting is I remember 
a lot of talk about drought and water shortage issues when I was a kid, and I feel like it was all over the news. You know, save your water in a bucket, and don't water your yard, and change your landscaping. And I would say even maybe five or six years ago, I felt like we were talking about it a lot. But I don't see it talked about. I don't see it in the media. I don't see it on signs. And I will tell you, I went to Lake Nacimiento, maybe Pond Nacimiento is a better name for it, a few weeks ago. And it is really Whoa. alarming. You can't even leave one of the docks because there's no water down many of the fingers of that, that lake. So it, I feel like we do need to have these conversations. So what are some of the things that I can think about when I go home tonight and do to to be a responsible. Well, it's interesting. I was doing a remodel and my client had four condos. They lived in one of them and they had one water meter that fed the condos. He said, but I, I have no idea how, what the other ones are doing. So we got him a digital private meter. So he doesn't have to pay thousands of dollars for, uh, for the city to give him separate meters, but he put individual digital meters, on, on there. I think they cost them about four or $500, something like that. And it's a digital meter. It goes on your line separate from the, the, the rest. So he could read each condo's water usage. I got one of those that I'm putting on my irrigation line. So my irrigation system is separate from my house water. And you want those separate. And there's a sh shut off valve. You put that meter there and you go, huh, my irrigation is using way more water than I thought, you know. The other thing is the city comes out and the city will check to see if you have leaks. And it's amazing how many homes probably do have leaks. And you think drip, drip, drip is not much. I just experienced that. It was like, no, that drove my bill from $200 a month to $600 a month because it was dripping heavily out of that, out of that irrigation system. Same thing with your toilet or your sink. And, you know, things, the gaskets get old, they go bad. They just, it's like a 10 cent gasket. Costs a plumber, maybe costs you 50 bucks, 30 bucks. Just change it. You can do it yourself. You change that gasket. So you find those types of things. You look at your landscape and say, how am I using water in this yard? Have I planted things just because if I add water, anything will grow? Well, that's not native to Santa Barbara. So what... I've really gotten in love with succulents because it's like, I don't have a green thumb and those things seem to survive. Yeah. So those are little things you can do. Tell your kids, hey, have a conversation with them about water. When that's how you just, where do you think that water comes from? So let's imagine it comes from that pond over there. When that pond's empty and you turn the faucet on and nothing comes out, what do you think? And the kid could be, you know, six, seven years old and go, I'd like to know what they think. Oh, well, I should only use what I want, what I need then, you know, but those are the kinds of conversations. And, and, and the other thing is check your water for the health of your water. And how would because I do that? Because water is being treated. You can, I, I work with a company called Aquel and Dana, who is just a fanatic about water. She's really health conscious and she's helped me on my projects, put um, water uh, treatment systems in like not just soft water, but conditioned water. So it tracks your water, puts soft water in where you need it, and she, we use potassium, which is more expensive than salt, but potassium doesn't wear your washing machine. All the things that use water, and if you have a water softener with salt in it, 
So imagine seawater is running through all your appliances that use water. How fast would those things corrode? So, yeah. And we have such hard water here in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara's got the worst hard water. I think most of us do have softeners. That's so interesting to use the potassium instead of the salt. Yeah, That's... I mean, it's not cheap. Potassium's like, it's gotten more expensive. It's like $28 a bag, and the other stuff's like $8 a bag. It's going to be That's more expensive to replace my yeah. wiring cabling. That's right. So if you think about it, those conversations, and you kind of weigh the time and money part of that and go... What's the long-term benefit of me doing this versus the short-term, you know? And, you know, people sometimes are lazy. It's like, but this is just the way I've always done it. I'm used to it. Um, your hose bibs. You can put timers on your hose bibs. You can, you know, look at um, how your sprinkler systems work. How often do they come on? I was talking to Doug Wasson at Plowboy who I've known since college, and he said, yeah, I changed all my over all my systems over to this UV-approved brown line that sits above the ground, and I have this MP sprayer, and I go, but don't those use a lot of water? And he goes, they use one-tenth the water of other systems, and they don't break down like drip systems do. And he, go, and he goes, so in the winter, I maybe have it come on once every two weeks or three weeks, and, you know, you tie that with the types of plants you have. You'd be responsible there. And he goes, and in the summer, I only have it come on maybe, you know, once or twice a week. And I thought, no, you have to have it on every day. It's like, so my ignorance was using a lot more water than I needed. And he's saying, he looked at my plants. He said, you know, you're not using your water effectively. The, you know, the jade plants are suffering from not enough water, and yet you've got drip systems on them. But they're clogged and... So there's a lot of little things like that. So we water in the evening. That's one Great of those idea. that I've always heard is water in the evening because then it has time to really be absorbed and not just evaporated. But the other thing Doug said is, hey, don't underestimate the power of mulch. Oh. A couple of inches of mulch keeps the moisture in the ground so you use less water, it stays longer. And if you water in the evening and you have plants that you're worried about that the leaves and stuff are sensitive to getting water splash on them, you water them at the base, because where does the water go into the plant? Through the root system. Same with trees. People water their trees at the base of the tree. But if you think about how a tree lives in the real world, in the forest, the, the, the drip line of the tree, water hits the top of the tree, runs down to the drip line, and the drip line is, is parallel to the root system. That's where the water goes right into the roots. So it's just stuff that it's like, they don't teach us that. When I was in, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, I thought, well, I wish they did. Well, local tip, you can always get mulch at Hearts, the yeah. therapeutic course writing place up by the county dump. So there's a free. little local tip for those of you in the Santa Barbara area. It's free. It's always there. Yeah. Um, so a little tip That's there on your mulch. Start. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, water. And I, I agree, Joe, just having conversations and discussions. I like the idea of just reminding ourselves and our children, where does that water come from? And uh, having teenagers in my house and the amount of time they spend in the shower definitely is, is a challenge a lot yeah, of the times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and 45-minute um, hot shower. It's like, wow, you were pretty clean, weren't you? <laughs> well, I think I showered, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so another thing, of course, I'd like to share a little bit about what we did with the branches as we built them out because it was so simple and... Um, 
but can be applied every way. And that is just not being wasteful. I have always looked at a lot of the ways that you have made us think about environmental consciousness as just that, being aware, don't be wasteful, use what you have, or find uses for what you have. Maybe that means other people. So I remember we saved doorknobs and fixtures and um, so many things, and we have found so many ways to reuse them, in many cases still 17 years later. So maybe you want to talk a little about the the reuse of that reduce, reuse, recycle? Yeah, we did. And and the the thing that was interesting is that um, the bank was all for the conversation. And so we did things like, well, let's think about the material choices that we take. I mean, we, we used Hayward's booklet on um, all the glues that went in the building the building and in the remodeling and said, um, these glues and these products do not have VOCs, which are volatile components that get into the air. So that was one thing. Um, we looked at the choices of material that was used in that. Um, in the old days, you just buy more lumber and throw away what's left. Now, you... Um, you, you figure out what you actually need. If there's less waste, everybody wins because less goes in the landfill. You didn't pay more for more material that you threw away, and you didn't pay to haul it away. So it's just, it's like, as common as I wish common sense was, it isn't. But if you think about it, you just think, roll up your sleeves and think about it a little bit, there's so many easy ways that the average person can just do things by just thinking about it. And in the bank, we looked at, well, what about our light systems? What about, um, you know, you got to run wires everywhere. So rather than have wires go in 10 different directions, we would think about things like, why don't we make one central chase that everything goes down so we spent less money because there's one tube, one supply system, and everything branched out. So cable went one way, electrical went another way, um, and planned for the future. Yeah, we needed a 400 amp panel, but we go, if we grow, it's going to cost us $15,000 to yank that panel out. Why don't we put a 600 amp panel in now? And and then when we bought appliances, we looked at Energy Star appliances, the break room, the refrigerators, all those little things. You know, I mean, uh, the, the electrical vampires in your house, as you turn the toaster on, you know how much jolt that takes and the amount of power it sucks up so we thought about that we also thought about things in the bank like um, the tile we put on the floor so how easy is it to maintain that and so we picked materials that were didn't cost a lot in overhead to maintain them and to clean them and they look good and it just means that you roll up your sleeves and you think about design you think about form and function how is this really going to work and, you know, it even got down to the furniture we selected. You know, do I pick, oh, that thing is so cool looking. The glossy picture is so good. But it's like, God, it's only been eight months and it's trash. we got to replace it again. That's another $5,000. Right. You know, so there's a, there's a, it's funny, the whole environmental movement, for years I would say, you know, the term eco is also in the word economy. I love that. And we're a bank. It's about money. And everything is an ecosystem. Your money is an ecosystem. Love that. You know, and we teach people, we're teaching their kids how to manage money. So all those things. So it, it's being um, um, 
awake and responsible affects all facets of our life. And you apply that to your environment. You apply that to what you use, you know. And and um, I think by having the conversation, you also teach your employees to think about it. You know, I mean, I run a construction company. I go, you needed um, 25 half-inch bolts, but you bought a, a box of 100 because it was easier. And now I'm paying to store 75 Nuts that I found them in there five years later. I go, I've been storing that for this long. I'm never going to use these. So it's simple things that, you know, we don't aren't necessarily taught to think about. But if you really think about it, it's common wisdom that what has been around in the farmer's almanac. It's been around for a thousand years. Yeah, and the simple you, you talked about. So thinking about construction, we have some projects coming up here at the bank, and there's all this talk about LEED certifications for your building. And we went, oh, we should do that. That would be great. And then we looked at a lot of the documentation and the consulting, and we went, that's an awfully big hurdle. And we could have just thrown in the towel and said, forget it. But we didn't. We said, okay, maybe we won't get certified, but we can still take a look at what's behind that certification that's right for the for the bank and for the uh, environment and the economy, and we can still make those decisions. And so earlier you had said, don't panic and don't get too caught up if you can't stop the storm from coming, but you might be able to make a little dent or a difference. And um, we've definitely taken that. So I would say, don't get nervous um, and don't stop just because you can't get all the way to the certification. Um, still, you can still do those one or two things that you see in that checklist or those couple of things that are talked about. That's really powerful because it's not about getting the green merit badge. I don't need that on my lapel. I want to know that my system's working. So if I grab some smart people that know this and I reach out to them and I'd say, here's what concerns us. What are the things we can do? You can implement those. And if if knowing that your building is doing that is a huge difference. When we put the green building checklist in, the reason we did it, it was based on a, we studied the lead system and most homeowners said, I am not spending five or $600 and then having consultants come in. I'm just remodeling my kitchen. And we go, well, that doesn't mean, but I want to be environmentally responsible. So we created a green checklist that was 100% voluntary. So that meant is it covered all aspects of building, from waste to water to energy to material selection, all those things. And it was just a, we said, make it simple, stupid. It should be like a restaurant menu. Just check the box. And you make it voluntary so nobody feels like government is forcing me to do this. Or I bought into this thing because it's such a great idea, but now i got to pay for lead certification, which is a great government program. So we spent a lot of money. Bill Hayward donated money to put this thing together. And the Contractors Association worked for about a year, and we put it together, and we brought it to the city of Santa Barbara. And we thought, okay, we're going to go to city council. We're going to do this. Marty Bloom was mayor. She said, yeah, we'll do this. We'll get it done in three months. Well, a year later, standing in front of city council, and they're going, so do we need to make a special department to handle this? I said, Marty, you, your, your budget is already... Um, in trouble, you're trying to maintain and be efficient, why would you want to create a department called the Green Police? You don't need to do this. This is voluntary system. And what we're asking you to do is congratulate us, um, approve it, and let the building department use it to expedite people's permits. 
you know, and, and that's kind of where we left it. And what we found was people took that checklist and they voluntarily, you could get up to five star certification. We said, you know, if people get two or three stars, that's a, that's a dent. People would get five stars because they went above and beyond because it was their choice. Nobody was holding a gun to their head. They just went down. They go, well, I could do that, and I could do this, and I could do that, and that makes sense. And if you let people do it, and they're in control of their own destiny, and they want to do the right thing, my experience is that most of the time they do. Some of us love checklists. I love to check yeah. things off a list. It makes me feel so good. Yeah. Especially if I'm doing good. That's a that's a win-win. Well, today our goal was to start this conversation, and we're going to follow up with another session where we will invite uh, Dennis Allen to join us and talk some more about the work that he's done. And Joe, we look forward to you joining us for that conversation too. I'm really looking forward to that. Dennis and I helped start the Green Building Alliance in Santa Barbara with a couple of other architects, some engineers, uh, builders, and it took off and um, made a difference in town. And so uh, Dennis is a wealth of knowledge and experience. Thank you so much for your time today, Joe. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the Healthy Homes Initiative, you can go to haywardlumber.com. If you'd like to learn more about American Riviera Bank, you can visit us at americanriviera.bank. Thanks again for listening.